All right, welcome to Painkiller Nearly Episode. <laughs> Stupid webcam controller went right on your face. Um, now you can see Kyle. Welcome to Painkiller Nearly Episode 45. So, yeah. Uh, oh, as we record this, a bunch of the audio stuff got uploaded late, I guess. Like, I, I think as I say this, Kyle, not Kyle, Chiz is just uploading Painkiller, like two episodes of Painkiller Nearly and maybe even a PKA. He's been on a bus away from the world. And, uh, yeah, but those of you guys that are Patreon members got all of it. So, yeah. So most of the people hearing this don't have an issue with Chiz's old timey travel. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The bad news is on the way back, Conestoga wagon trail. So it could yeah. be a while. <laughs> <laughs> no Wi-Fi there. No. <laughs> None whatsoever. Oregon trail. He might even get, uh, shit. It's not leprosy. What do you get on the Oregon Cholera. trail? Cholera? <laughs> All right. Typhoid, yellow fever, Dis something like is that. I played the Amazon D? trail. I forget. Um, I want to say dystopia, but that's not a disease. No, it's not. Um, Dysteria? Might be. Well, <sighs> in any case, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got something from <laughs> it was We were such polar opposites the other day when we were, tra when we were both traveling. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. So you flew in a private plane. Yeah, yeah, they actually uh, actually came through the private plane and everything. Uh, it was a cool little weekend, I guess. So uh, they, they there was this big gun show in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the the people who put on the gun show, who like you know the the people who rent out the building and then are paid by the the vendors for the table space, they uh, they paid me to come uh, like do an appearance sort of thing to so more people would show up because at the gun show. Because you're an show. attraction, I suppose so. Yeah. And uh, and so he flew down in his uh, in his plane and picked me up like ten minutes from my house and I was uh, I went from my house to to the place in Pennsylvania in like two hours flat so that was great right that was awesome because well Kyle lives by a major airport Atlanta but even just going there is like an it's an ordeal hour and a, it's an hour and forty minutes to to get to the airport then you've got you know thirty minutes to get to your gate. And then, if you're lucky, you know, if there's no lines or anything, it yeah. could be an hour. So, uh, if your flight's at noon, what time do you leave the house? Oh, 8.45. Okay. If, I, if I'm yeah. lucky. And with a private plane, you just kind of hop on like a car. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're late or anything. And, <laughs> and you can use your phone the whole time. You can, you can eat snacks and drink and, like, just have a good time. There's no, there's no bullshit to deal with. You can, it doesn't matter what you packed. I mean, I literally flew back with, uh, with this. It just it just you can you can have anything you want on the on a on a private plane. That's good. Just so you know, you're banging the mic, and we didn't hear much of that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I wonder why it does that. Did it get roughed up in travel? Maybe I'm sure it did. Well, it was in the plane in the in the cargo hold. Yeah, Kyle brought his uh, audio equipment with him so we could do a PKA from Pennsylvania. And and I was gonna say is that, like even though Atlanta is a big airport, it might not have a direct flight to was it Harrisburg. Harrisburg, yeah, they they do. It's just do uh, it, it's just this was so much nicer. So uh, I did the gun show um, all three days of it. Met lots of uh, interesting people. Uh, <laughs> met a few vendors who were really cool with me and gave me a lot of cool stuff. They gave me one guy gave me this RPG. So this is like the uh, the rocket part uh, that actually goes out and kills stuff. Does it work? Uh, no, no. Um, it's just for display purposes and all. So mm -hmm. that'll be cool. Um, but he also gave me. Um, Uh, these relays and detonators and and a lot of wiring that, that I'm not sure if I should even have. <laughs> and then 
for he gave me this uh, this insert to go in my 37 millimeter grenade launcher here. So I just pop this in, and now my 37 millimeter grenade launcher will shoot these old school Russian 26.5 millimeter grenades. So so now I can just put that in there, and uh, well, I'm gonna have some fun with this later on. Apparently, if you shoot these uh, straight up in the air as you're supposed to. Uh, it'll it'll light up 15 acres of land well enough to read a book, so I'm looking forward to that. These things are really expensive. Uh, they're pretty rare, and uh, and he gave me a whole bunch of them, so I'm gonna have fun with these. Uh, that sounds cool. I want to shoot that thing up around here. Like, that yeah. sounds great. Um, yes. and, and dude, looking at that, that looks simple to manufacture. Like I I feel like you've got a lathe in the shop that could make that thing. Yeah, that little insert. Yeah, but yeah. I, getting these things is the real problem. These old Russian flares, I think. Uh, these are different than the other ones. I'm not even sure what the three red stripes means or what that's going to do. So I'm going to have fun with that too. It just seems like there's business opportunities in firearms and such all over the place. Where like, hey, you know, you might not be able to make the AR-15 because there's all kinds of hoops to jump through and high quality equipment it takes to make it but you can make silencers you can make silencer adapters you can make that this insert thing you can make grips and there's all sorts of like firearms paraphernalia this guy was literally selling potato guns and, and uh, like like the all the pieces for potato gun uh like in a little kit like wrapped up for like 50 60 bucks and people were buying them he was selling lots of stuff like that very so clever. I uh, I met a guy who was um, he claimed that he'd been abducted by aliens and that they they would re they removed his body parts from him and then used them sexually and then put them back on him and would return him to Earth after As a night of, after a night of terror mm -hmm. and he had an AT4 rocket slung <laughs> over his shoulder. <laughs> this is a fucking Man, you yeah, if you remember Modern Warfare 2, like this is an anti-tank rocket or missile or whatever the fuck, and he's got it. And of course, it's just like mine. It's display purposes, mm -hmm. most likely. I mean, I didn't like check it out or anything, mm -hmm. but I'm 99.9% .9 sure that's not a legit AT-4 he's got. But uh, there were lots of crazies at the show, and there, are, there always are. Um, that guy you posted the picture with, was he a crazy or just a fan, just a normal guy? Um... I mean, he, he wasn't normal because, you know, he's dressed up like it's World War II and he's about to defend Stalingrad. Mm -hmm. he, um, you know, he's dressed World War II, Russian soldier fatigues and everything and, you know, the weapon and all. And I asked him, I was like, why do you do this? And he came up to me speaking Russian, fucking with me. I was like, why do you do this? Why don't you dress up like this? Like, what's the point? And he was like, oh, I get so much free shit. When I come to these things dressed like this, everybody's like, oh, I got some Russian World War II stuff. Yeah, yeah, pin this on. And they like, they're always giving him free shit. And uh, I think it's just kind of a little, and he enjoys the attention, I'm sure. Uh, so that was his thing. Another guy walked up to me. I should grab his product because I thought he was very slick. So there's a very long line to, uh, to meet me at this thing. Um, I don't know, 60 or 70 people long, and I'm trying to give each person a couple of minutes, so it's like an hour-long wait to get to see Kyle. Uh, it's like Santa Claus, but there's no payoff at the end. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so like this one guy waits in line for probably 40, 50 minutes, and he, he brings his product, and he does a demonstration. I'm going to grab his product really quick. It's just on the stairs. All right. It's the Chiz Show. La dot 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 cheese so 
Go to patreon.com slash pka. Become a Patreon right away. It's the Chiz Show. La da da da. It's the Chiz Show. Ba ba da da. Patreon.com pka. Become a Patreon right away. It's the Chiz Show. Ba ba da da. The Chiz Show. Ba ba da da. Go to Netflix.woody, even though that's gone. Because it makes me feel like my penis is long. Woohoo! It's the Chiz Show. A da 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 da. The Chiz Show. A ba ba da da. Go to our links and buy stuff and do things because it makes us feel like we're hot shots. All right. He's almost back. All right. Wait, wait, I don't hear you. Are you saying things? Yeah, nothing. I think you've got a bad cable. Shake a thing. All right, I hear you just fine. Okay, we're good now? Yep. That's weird. I'll get a new cable. So his product is called the Mag Pump. Uh-huh. Okay, and at first I was pretty skeptical of this thing. Basically, it's a magazine loading device. I probably am not going to be able to put it together, so this is going to be lame. But you'll see the pieces. How automated is it? Not very. Sometimes I, I've seen magazine loading devices before where they're like, load this plastic thing, and this plastic thing will load your magazine. It's like, well, shit, that's only a little better. This is definitely better than that if I can figure out how to assemble this. There's pieces. Okay. So that, that definitely goes there. This definitely goes here. Okay, I'm getting this. Maybe. Oh. Does, does it load any caliber or just 223? 556 or uh, 300 blackout. Okay. For people don't know, 223, 556, same thing. That affected me. Okay. So this is the thing assembled, like mostly. I'm not sure if I've done this exactly right. The magazine, I'm going to take a mag I've got and kind of take a few out. What are those? 300 blackout? Uh, these are 556. This are 223. Oh, they look so big to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. Oh, well, obviously you're right. I never really doubted it. <laughs> okay, so I got the bullets in this hand, but the, the magazine, I believe, goes like this. How does it go? The magazine, like, sticks into the thing. I just let's figure out So how did you buy it. this or get it because you're I, special? <clears throat> I got it because I'm special, and I was, it was, I was the envy of everyone because they all wanted one. Ah, there we go. All right. Magazine is stuck in there just like it would an AR-15. Uh, and you just drop the bullets in. It doesn't matter how they're positioned when they go in. Okay. And there's a little handle here. Yeah. And I, I really hope that this has worked, but it may not have. Oh, maybe I've got to do this. What do I have to do? Um, I'm really fucking this up, huh? I know this works. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. All right, so that was it. And it loaded it? It did load it. I'm not sure how to get the magazine back out. I'm, I'm working on that part right now. You know, old school Kyle, assassin Kyle, would have had us all buying one by now. <laughs> I, uh... Oh, I can't hear you.
Can't hear you. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So there we go. That actually worked. Um, it's. It, I think it would be great for like children if you've got children loading your mags because it really takes very little uh, physical effort to do that. I know Kitty can't load an AR. Or if, or if you just load a lot, like you're. Um, if people don't know, when you load a mag, you, you're kind of smushing your thumb. I'm trying to do it on the camera backwards like that, really hard, and uh, like it, there's sharp edges and hard things. And if you load a mag, it's no big deal. If you load like five, ten mags. It's like, whoa, this is the worst part about shooting. Yeah, it hurts your hands. So uh, it was a good show. I met a lot of people. Um, some guy gave me a bunch of holsters and gun belts and shit. Mm. Um, but we sold a bunch of shirts. Um, I, got, I got paid a bunch of money. I uh, flew on a private plane uh, uh, on the way up there. And then on the last day, we got done with everything. I got out of the arena, uh, got on the plane. We're like, the plane's like, one, it's that part where like they really uh, like ramp up the RPMs, but they're holding the brakes, and then they let the plane go to like take off. We were at that stage of leaving, and we realized that the front nose tire was flat. It had come off the rim, and that was a major deal. Uh, so we couldn't fly that day. We had to spend another night in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is just a real shithole. Uh, <laughs> sorry to anyone who, who lives there. That, you, you know. You know what it is. Fuck you, Sidney um, Crosby. It right. was a real shitty place. Oh, that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, um, a friend of uh, the people who own the show who had paid me to come and everything, uh, they got a friend to come in early at like 8 a.m. and fly us back down down here in, uh, in an even smaller plane. So had a really good time. Uh, I enjoyed myself a lot. That was a good weekend. Sounds cool. I got a letter from my neighbor. So I haven't talked about this because I know that he watched at least one painkiller already. But I think that PKN is uh, you know, a little more on the down low. It doesn't go on my channel. I don't think he's on iTunes or anything. But um, when I bought this house, it had a homeowners association. I swear this gets a little more interesting. But it expired in June of 2015. So I thought, ah, it's just like not having one. Well, it turns out there's some federal law on the books that if there's an HOA, they can renew it with a two-thirds vote by, you know, and provided it has to be like 10 years old or something like that. Well, that's the deal. So they're trying to keep my home in a homeowners association. And uh, the main thing is they don't want it broken up into smaller properties. Like they wouldn't want me to use all this acreage and put like townhouses or condos on it and change the nature of the neighborhood. And, and uh, yet, I, 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 I'd like to interject, like, that seems like one of the things that makes the property attractive to you, that maybe in two or three years, some big real estate developer wants to come in and put a shopping mall there, and there you are ready to, to do something like that, right? Yeah, except your timeline. Like, in my head, you know, Colin's out of the house at that point, you know. Like, Fair enough. I, I imagine a future where, like, Colin's 22, and we kind of have a vibe on where he's landing, you know. Is he able to, like, mainstream and support himself, or is he my dependent for life? Like, where are we on this? Hope's out, married, etc. And this home isn't just a home. You know, we love it very much, but it's also an investment. And, you know, it could be worth millions. It's, 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 a, it's a great big property in the city of Raleigh, and there aren't that many big plots of land in the city of Raleigh. So um, uh, it's an investment. Well, this HOA, I think, you know, it would just cut off a potential seller, right? Or a potential buyer. We could sell it to another guy like me who wants to live in a nice place, 
Or we could sell it to who knows who, some guy who wants to turn it into condos or townhouses or shopping malls or whatever. And they want me to sign a thing that stops me from doing that. And part of me is like, well, the nice guy would do that. But all the other people signing this thing, like it breaks into a couple categories. Like there's one guy with four lots. There's another guy with two lots and they don't want to sign it. So that's six votes and they need 14 yeses and six no's or 13 and six, something like that. There's 19 total and they need two oh, thirds. Are you, are you the tiebreaker? I am like, it's down. It's done. Everyone's voted but me. Oh. Yeah. I am literally the guy who determines whether or not this place keeps an HOA or not. I like this. I hate it. <laughs> I, I, or maybe I like it. I don't know. You should maybe. be milking this. You should be, you should be like g trying to get free stuff out of this, trying to get favors and, and like, ah, you know, if I could just get something, some help over here with this and that. Like, like I don't no, want to start would... any like neighborhood fights or anything. Yeah, that would be great. Get some, get some drama going. <laughs> I, I, I don't want it. But also, like, I, I see, the thing is, a lot of the other people that signed it, like the, the president of the HOA has already divided his good size lot, not as big as mine, into thirds. So he gets three votes, right? There's another guy who's getting like a couple of votes, etc. I have one vote, which is bullshit. Like I, like I feel like I should be splitting this thing up seven ways and getting seven votes in this thing. Like I've got the biggest yard here and I, don't, I only have one vote, but it looks like I only need one. Uh, when he presented it to me, he's like, you know, we got like 11 people to sign already and we just need... 14 and uh it, it just seemed like like oh well shit this thing's a done deal right no because one of the no's has four votes and another no has two and uh it it seems to come down to me i'm like well when do you let them know that you're not voting for that <laughs> it's due at the end of june i think at the end of june it, it's all over and uh that that's like after that the old one expires and renewing is the easy thing. If you want to get a new one, then everyone has to agree. So I could get them to change the terms of it. I was gonna, that's what I was going to go to. Maybe you could make, make some outrageous demands. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's make some outrageous demands. Go on. I don't know. Like, like, like what, maybe everyone has to advertise for Woody Craft in their yard. <laughs> maybe every mailbox has to be your colors, like that blue and gold. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you see who are behind you on the Call of Duty thing, the, the, the blue and gold Woody's Gamertag. Like, everything is that theme from now on. <laughs> like, 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 maybe they have to sponsor, maybe it has to be a, a Woody Craft sponsored community now. Like, maybe we rename the community to Woody Craft. <laughs> then they get their vote. <laughs> I think now that would be worth it. If it I, or may, maybe the road you live on, if we could name that to Woody, Woody Craft Lane. My father used to develop property. And uh, sometimes he developed it, but oftentimes, oftentimes all he would do is he'd buy property, get the zoning changed on it, and then sell it. And by virtue of having like less restrictive zoning on it, the property would go up in value a lot. That was like one I, of the things he did. So um, I don't know if we can hear you. Mic check? One, two, three. You're good. You're good. So yeah. <laughs> I was talking to my dad about it, given that he's an expert in the field. And he's like, basically what they want you to do is sign away some of the rights that you would otherwise have with you know, things you could do to your property in exchange for nothing. It's like, this is a bad deal. And um, I was like, oh, when you put it that way. Now, everyone's agreeing to these same rules. But the thing is, these other people have like two acre lots and they're not giving up anything. They're like, yeah, we're not going to split it up and put townhouses on it. Of course you're not. Wakers, your home is beautiful. Your lot is great. I'm not ripping on you. I'm just saying you're not giving up any opportunities, and I am. 
and uh, you know he, the letter is something else. Like he's like, man, your your real estate taxes are going to go to twelve thousand a year, so you know this and that. And uh, but in my head, I'm like, nah. If I can start getting like taxed outrageously, this is a farm. I'm going to start. <laughs> I'll sell yeah, some eggs. I, I had my little one of my little properties over there uh, rezoned to like. I don't remember exactly what it was. It was like industrial or something like that. It was the one mm -hmm. with the least amount of regulation. Like you could just do anything. You could mm -hmm. run machinery until 3 a.m. or something or maybe all night. I think I'm able to run machinery 24-7, I, I think is part of it. So like uh, I, I, that, was, that was really funny. Uh, I, it's, it won't the story won't translate well, but we were sitting in this zoning meeting, which is a very small local level political affair. Yep. Right. There's like four or five older people from the community who are on this board and you sort of come up and you say and you put it very plainly. Usually, you know, you don't have to plead your case because they usually don't give a shit what you're doing. You're like, ah, I've got this property on Brookberry Lane. It's two acres and I'd like to be able to put like a strawberry stand there. But currently it's zoned for for this, which doesn't allow for any form of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I want to make it this. And they're like, oh, done. And there was this guy there with his son, and they wanted to make a paintball field. And he was not a public speaker. <laughs> and he gets up in front of these people with this big printed out agenda of stuff. And he's like, hello, my name is Carl Davies. He, and he read it. And he read it instead of just saying, my name's Carl Davies. He was like, <laughs> my name is Carl. And he had these bullet points about this. He wanted to start a paintball field for his son on his farm. And they'd run it as a business. And they're just asking casual questions. They're like, will there be water provided for the players and food and snacks and such? And like, they didn't give a shit. They were just curious. And he's like, well, we'll get them a water fountain in there. We don't want nobody getting no hot dehydration. And it just, it was like he was mm -hmm. sweating bullets like it was the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. <laughs> and like I said, it doesn't translate well. But the whole time, I, we're just rolling over there, dying, laughing, trying to keep a straight face because it's like a, it's kind of like court. You were telling me about like, so there are new people that move into your neighborhood and they kind of want to upscale a little bit and they complain about like the shininess of roofs and such. Oh yeah. So that was this crazy thing that went on when I was a kid. Um, I guess what had happened was a lot of people from the Atlanta area had sort of bought some, some property around uh, in the neighboring county <clears throat> and they, um, it's an agricultural county. So there's, there's, you know, there's, the smell of chicken shit that's used for fertilizer. There's the, there's the poultry houses that have tin roofs and they're shiny. And it's just, you know, it's a smelly agricultural business. And they were trying to introduce these, uh, these new zoning laws. And someone got their hands on all the regulations, everything, and printed out this little pamphlet and went and started passing them out to all the farmers and all of the, like, truck stops and the little community hangouts and everything like that. And they're going to have this meeting to, like, discuss this stuff. They had to reschedule this meeting three times because every time they scheduled it, the venue was way too small and there were too many angry people uh, outside of the room yelling to get in and have their voices heard. So finally they do it at a high school gymnasium like the basketball gym and they put the bleachers against the wall. So it's standing room only. There must have been three or four hundred like Damn. farmers mostly. Mm -hmm. And... The, these people are on the stage, and they, they clearly weren't from around here. <laughs> and they're, they're just like, now you need to listen. Listen. 
this is gonna make us all of our property worth more and you can just hear get that dumb bitch off the stage <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all these farmers are not hearing any of it because there were things in there that would would change the way that um their property was uh, was given down to their like uh, their, their children and like what it could be what could, what the property could be used for after uh it was inherited. There were some 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 issues with that and all this stuff about pre-existing uh, structures, and they it basically was going to make it di more difficult to be a farmer mm -hmm. and much easier to be sort of a land developer where you want, might want to move in move some houses in, do something like that. And it was getting rough. I, I I distinctly remember hearing a couple conversations where someone mentioned shooting someone in the kneecap, <laughs> and uh, someone mentioned like just doing you know doing physical harm upon the people who are trying to make the zoning thing come through. But in the end, there were literally, uh, I guess it's the only time I've ever seen like public opinion sway politics because there were hundreds of angry people who didn't really know each other who got together and was just, were just like, no, no, we don't want this. We're not going to have it. Huh. That's, um, I think I'm one of those guys right now. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go against this HOA. And even though I, I like what we have and the HOA would preserve it, you know, it also forces me to... I, I'm signing away rights in exchange for nothing, you know, and I just, it, it's a collective agreement. Everyone's how much would, away. how much money would have to appear in an envelope before you voted the right way, Woody? That's what I think your neighbors want to know. It'd be Which, a lot. Like it wouldn't be low six digits. No, they'd have to, they'd have to really pay, grease the wheels, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Like it, I mean, if it was a hundred thousand, I'd be like, nah, nah, that wouldn't do it. I mean, it, seven digits would do it. What if it was cash though, so you don't have to declare that or anything? That um, doesn't make it more attractive if they if they just slip you some like a hundred grand in cash, um, or doubloons or something. <laughs> what uh, if the, all the neighbors let you sleep with their wives? What if that was part of it too? No, no, no. That's not, not, I'm not sweet in the pot. These are not young people. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, their wives are lovely. I don't mean to knock anybody, but uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I'm just goofing. They're, They're not listening. It's a show. Lighten up. So, uh, listening. <laughs> you think your neighbors are Patreons? <laughs> no. But, um, I, yeah, anyway, it, it would take a lot because I feel like I'm giving away a lot. You know, like, like it, it basically, I'm going to have to get what, a quarter million dollars before he's going to sign your piece of paper. You hear that? I, to a quarter million, we'd start talking. Yeah. Cause, cause like, and I don't intend to do this. I don't intend to develop on it. I, uh, I, as a matter of fact, I intend to, um, to put a shop on here and maybe a pool. Those things would both make my property less interesting to developers, right? Maybe it's more that they have to break up and fix. But uh, um, just the same, I, I don't know why I'd sign away my rights. I agree. I agree. That's a good call. Yeah. So, um, is everyone assembled, the Woodycraft team, or are they at your home right now, like, doing Woodycraft stuff? Is that what's happening? All but one guy. Uh, Ice got delayed for personal reasons, and, uh, but, but Fuzzy is here, Chiz is here, Heather's here, and, uh, of course, my family's here. And today, we all went out bowling. It's funny, so Chiz said that he was a bowler, right? Chiz is like, I got game. He, he's, he said he was good at pool, right? He said he was good at pool before we played him excuse me, in the uh, PKA adventure. And then um, that night or that trip anyway, I, I was like, I'm not good at pool. You know, like I know how to play, but I'm not good at pool. I was undefeated. I, I won so much that uh, I didn't want to play anymore. We come here, not only am I undefeated, I'm undefeated in doubles. 
Like, you can partner me up with any one of these fools, my team wins. So then we're going to play bowling. I suck at bowling. I'm not good at bowling. Um, I think I got like a 128 or something like that. Beat all of them. <laughs> you know? Good enough. <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Beat everybody. High score of the day. Highest combined score. Well, we'll see how putt putt goes. I That's suck at putt putt. I'm, I'm not good at putt putt. I, I'm, I'm actually, I feel like I'm below average at putt putt. I don't remember what happened last time we played putt putt. You probably won. I'm off. I'm not good at putt-putt. But Chiz says he is good at putt-putt. But it's just like, so far, everything you're good at, not as good as me. So yeah. let's see how this rolls. Um, fuzzy, apparently in Scotland, they don't play much bowling. So like midway through the first game, I went over and I'm like, can we put the bumpers up for Fuzzy? <laughs> and uh, it was a lot more fun once we put the bumpers up. I should have done it for Hope, too. But Colin and Fuzzy rocked the bumpers and it kept them in the game. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so bumpers, bumpers are good. Yeah. My yeah. girlfriend asked for bumpers the last time we went, and I was I was like, I'd rather not even fucking play the <laughs> bumpers. That's like admitting you're a bitch as soon as you walk up there. Come on. Well, they were automated bumpers, right? Like, okay, so at this place, there were glow in the dark bumpers, right? And the whole place was like neon. And when the scoreboard says like you know it goes from like woody to to fuzzy. The bumpers pop up on the sides, and then when it's not his turn anymore, they drop back down again. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so you okay? I, oh, I could. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. I guess I could do that. I just wouldn't personally want to be want to play with the bumpers. I guess. Right. I, I don't feel like the game would be any fun for me. But that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you I didn't, play against somebody with bumpers, then you got a challenge. Ah, I bet so. Yeah. yeah. They just I pick like up that. like like you know, what was otherwise a gutter ball is now like three. You know, I'm not yeah. very good either. I think I usually score in the low 100s, like 125, I think is a, like an average score, I think. Um, okay. I think I bowled 180 one time. I, I distinctly remember that I won once, and it was <laughs> something like that. Um, but, but yeah, like, like, like something about my release, like I don't know, my finger like flailed. I end up hurting my finger, to make a long story short, every time I fucking bowl. Like a, a, I have chronic injuries at, at 29 years old from like three different sports that I don't even play. So, so far, a good chunk of our team building events has been watch Woody whoop your ass at everything. Wow. <laughs> so maybe that's a bad thing. We're going to play some putt-putt after this tonight. And uh, things should turn around. Someone else should probably. Both Fuzzy and Chiz say they're good at putt-putt. Mm. So we'll oh, are you going to the same place that uh, you and I went to? We are, actually. We're going to go oh. there. Yep. Well, I would like to see some video of them climbing through that thing that's I don't know how to. It's like concentric rings that just yes. go higher and higher, and there's a hole in the middle, like a that that prevents you from, you know, if you fall from falling thirty feet, you just fall like three feet. Fuzzy's, I'd like to see them. Fuzzy's seventeen. There's no reason he wouldn't get in there, right? Yeah, Make totally. And he looks like a skinny Dude, guy. So Fuzzy's father called me just before he flew over, and he's like, "Woody." He calls him Ethan. Ethan and his sister mean everything to me take good care of them and i'm like oh, you're in good hands i'm gonna do like i i get it i've got kids of my own i recognize that you're like entrusting me with the most valuable thing you've ever owned right like you might think to yourself like there he's lending his kids out to a stranger right i'm guessing you wouldn't do that too with your winter coat right and he's doing it with his children it's not a small thing but Every time he does something, like, I want to let him hold my guns and then text him some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. You need a picture of him just like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been texting his father, but so far I haven't executed on any of the bad stuff. Like, um, we you have need to a, get some, 
some of him drinking alcohol and like like cigarettes maybe the the caption on this was making a bomb uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's it's a little bomb game uh so, so that was a thing um we got him let me see if i can we got him go-karting this is him in the red helmet that's great yeah so i've been sending him pictures to let him know what he's up to and such but uh here he is you should Photoshop one of him like doing Domino's. drugs. Photoshop him doing drugs with hookers. Like, 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 it, like, like, like smoking weed with some really gross hookers. Like Photoshop that together and send it to him. That'd be great. Yeah, we've been having fun with this. So I showed him how my dog loves him. And, uh, and he's, his dad is like, all animals love him. We have so many stories with sea lions, dogs, and monkeys loving Ethan. Monkeys. Monkeys. And I asked Ethan the story, and sure enough, like it, uh, he says that his ears stick out like like this, and uh, he's like, you know, monkeys see me as their peer. <laughs> they just, they're all over me. Your monkeys come from far and wide. <laughs> he's like, I think it's the ears. He's a really nice guy. He's a super guy, and he's always done a, you know, great work at Woody Craft. So it's a pleasure to have him here. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I bet. Is this his first time in America? It is. Yeah. So oh first... yeah, you got to get a gun in his hands. Is that going to happen at some point? I don't see why not. Yeah, we yeah, can you got to get a gun in his hands. That's I always like to see that whenever um, uh, Athene wins. Whenever he came over, mm -hmm. like, like the first thing I wanted to do is like get those guys uh, uh, get a gun in their hands and, and show them some cool stuff. It's always that they were they were shocked at Walmart. I remember at Walmart they're walking around looking at the guns and ammo and just like blown away by that. So that was pretty funny. Yeah, that he would be too. We went to Target and they don't sell guns as far as I know, but which is a, a marketing mistake if you think about it. Really, they're supposed to be the upscale thing, right? So that you want to Target. avoid like redneck games. Oh, Target! Oh my God, yeah. Oh, or is it a marketing landmine that they've dodged? Maybe, maybe so. Yeah, John Oliver would go nuts with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did have we talked about that crazy uh, shooter? Yeah, we talked about that in the last PK, right? Yeah, the, I think so. The one kid that shot all the all the people in that church. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It. it oh. I saw some stats on this. Did you know that Finland, Norway, and I think Switzerland all have more mass murders per capita than America? I didn't know that. Yeah. This is, so the stats went from 2000 to 2014. And like a bunch of those, I said Baltic states before, but I meant something else. But yeah, a bunch of that, like the Nordic states, they, um, they have more mass murders per capita than the U.S. does. All right, then. That's good to know. And the Mexicans are fatter. so The Mexicans have uh, way more. They, they were, I wasn't proud of beating them. <laughs> like, those guys murder like no, like, it was like five times what we do. So they're, they're pretty legit. I ate a 32-ounce steak the other night. 32 ounces. Yeah, and a good baked potato. Look. I've been losing weight. Um, not super fast or anything, but I'm down seven pounds, so... Great. It's good. Yeah. It's always good. I guess it's about time for me to go back on a diet since we're getting close to the paintball thing again. Uh, yeah, it all, is getting close. Yeah. My parents are coming to visit. So I don't know if they listen to PKN. I sure hope not. But uh, there's like, like, so my mom didn't call for Hope's birthday. And I called her and I was like, hey, mom, you know, not mad. I actually called my dad and said, you know what? Mom's missed Hope's birthday, Colin's birthday, and Christmas. So this is a pretty rough stretch here. Like maybe you should like just you know, take a little leadership initiative on this sort of thing. Cause 
And he's like, right, right, right. Yeah, we, we meant that we're going to take the kids shopping. We're going to take the kids shopping. No, like these are time-sensitive things. These are dates that we celebrate. And, you know, you can't just like take them shopping someday in June and be like, <coughs> you remember Christmas? <coughs> Here we go. Like that, that, like let's, you know, we got to be, you know, we got to be on it. So um, my mom had some good counterpoints. I think we went to Jackie's parents for Christmas for the last three years. And that's the thing. But um, uh, maybe a big family Christmas this year, huh? Maybe everybody comes down to Woody Manor. That would be great, but it won't happen. You know, it, you're, you're, what if you offered to, to bring them all down? Just like, vac- just like Christmas vacation. You could be Clark. <laughs> I'll rent an RV and load them all up. Get no. Cousin Eddie in there and everything. I would love that, but it's not a realistic thing. Like we we can hardly get them to visit at any time, let alone Christmas. And um, there's a concentration of people around New Jersey to see, and then there's my parents in Florida, and no one's in North Carolina but us. So mm. it's just not where they'd meet. But um, but yeah, it's kind of a thing in 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 the gamertag household here, like mom's not feeling loved, kids aren't feeling loved, and I'm like, dude, I. This is all nonsense to me, but you know, I'm just saying like you, you can't forget all the kids' birthdays and then still hope to be in their lives. Like not that I'm holding them back, that's not that sounded wrong, but like, you know, it's not like you're going to remove them from from your children's life for fitting for forgetting a birthday. It's just that like remembering birthdays is part of being in the kids' lives. Exactly. Yeah, you know, the 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 when, when Hope hears my mother's name, it doesn't like have like you know, these really great love. She's like, friends. yeah, I remember her from two years ago. Right. Yeah. She's the one that always forget. She forgot her birthday two years in a row. Right. This is some forget. Now my mom forgets things. She's worse than me. Um, that's why I was saying, Dad, step in here, help her remember. Um, but you know, forgot. Hope's I don't birthday, know. I remember. Colin's I remember birthday. my. Christmas? I remember my parents and my sister's birthday, and I'm not even, you know, mm-hmm. I just know it's April and, and December and, Ju- and uh, June. I know when they all are. Yeah. So and I may not do anything, but I, at least I know. Yeah. And my mom was like, well, we were out of town for Colin's birthday. Well, then you figure something out. You know, you can have a present shipped in advance, a letter, yeah. a thing. You know, like I'm not saying reschedule your vacations around my kids' birthdays, but you don't just be like, yeah, well, it's okay that we forgot it because we were on a cruise. Yeah, that. No, <laughs> you know, like so. Uh, so anyway, I, we, as, that's a big thing in my house right now. A big talk last night or the night before. Well, so we'll get that sorted out. They're coming to visit after the Woodycraft staff goes. So um, after after enjoying that guy's plane over mm-hmm. the weekend, I I really feel strongly that. You should get a plane. Why me? Why not you? <laughs> Why can't you get a plane? Now let me say this about the plane. So I don't know how much his plane cost. Uh, it was it was called a Commander, uh-huh. and it sat seven, I think, and it had car- it had enough cargo to, for like seven people's big bags for sure. Uh, it flew like three or four hundred miles an hour. Uh, it was a twin engine turbo, and uh, it. Uh, he said it burnt like 60 gallons of fuel per hour, and it took an hour and 45 minutes to go from Georgia to Pennsylvania. So that's not bad at all. It's pretty cheap to operate. There's a couple different commanders. I'm just looking on uh, controller.com here. And now this commander had two props, right? I remember the pictures yeah. of it. Here's one for sale that to my eye looks comparable to the one that you were on, and it's just under half a million. 
Yeah. Here's this one says call. That's not even interesting. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, there's a um a single prop variant of the commander, which is more like a hundred grand to a quarter million. But that's definitely not what you had. Uh yeah, whenever I see one that just visually looks like stacks up against the one you were in, it looks like it's the half million dollar range. Maybe maybe it was then. I I definitely didn't ask. That seemed rude. It was very nice though. I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, it was so fu- much nicer than flying commercial. It just happened. It was like there was no downtime. There was no bullshit waiting around or anything like that. We drove to the airport, which is literally ten minutes from my house. He was there. We got in, and then he just fucking took off. There was no bullshit. There was no. There wasn't even a. He was like. He gave us like a safety speech that was basically like, "That's the emergency door. I'll take care of that." <laughs> it was fun. It was great. Did he fly uh, yeah. it? Who flew it? Uh, the guy did. The uh, the the son of the owner of the show. It's his plane. Okay, so the uh, son of the owner of the show is the is your contact. The owner yes. of the show was kind of the business lead. And he sent his son down to come get you, or family business, maybe? It's family business. That definitely describes it, yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that was cool. He and, like, he and like, his buddy, who was also a pilot, who I think just uh, he also wanted to meet me, uh, they flew down. And uh, so me, Kitty, and uh, the girlfriend. Sick at all? Bumpier? Hotter? Colder? Like, eh, comfortable. Um, you know, it was a, it's a pressurized cabin, so I think the... Uh, the temperature was just fine the whole time. He's got AC and every and uh, and everything. Uh, a little bit bumpy at one point, um, but nothing too crazy. I flew in a small private plane once, and I want to say like the pilot and co-pilot had AC, but the rest of us really didn't. So if you were close enough, it was all right. But by the back, it was hot, mm. and heat and air sickness go hand in hand. So people were green by the time we landed, and it wasn't long. When uh. That when we were going to Killington that time, uh, mm-hmm. and me, Kitty, and her cousin were all in that shitty, tiny little fucking plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> her cousin was vomiting in one uh, uh, vomit bag and pissing in another because uh, he had to piss and throw up at the same time. So he's back there pissing in one and puking in the other, and the plane's just like gaining and losing thirty meters of altitude at a time. It's just dropping out of the sky and then it launching. It wasn't a long up. flight. He couldn't go that long without peeing. Um, it, apparently not. I, we were up there for a while. We were circling the airport and then oh. they made us turn around and then go back to Burlington. It Can was you a jiggle thing. a wire? We got a thing happening here. That fixed it, but we totally need new cabling for you. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't, the homeowner thing is big for me. We got the team building thing right here. Our last member flies in tomorrow morning. Um, Heather's sleeping in the guest house, so the upside of that was it, it was a uh, like impetus for Jackie to clean it all up. Psych for that, and uh, and things are going good. Oh, I'm well, watching Orange is the New Black. Are you watching that at all? Did you finish it? Uh, no, I haven't. I've never seen an episode. You miss it out on a series. There, I, I like Orange is the New Black. I, I feel like I'm saving it up. I'll uh, I'll cash that one in eventually and watch the whole thing all at once. There's three I seasons. Just don't... Yeah, that's a, that's that's a, that's a good watching period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe if I get, I, I I definitely got sick from shaking all those goddamn hands. Like I don't know if you can hear my voice right now, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sick right now. Um, so maybe I'll get even sicker and I'll turn to that in the in the days to come because I, I purell like constantly. And like, you still got sick. Yeah, yeah. I really thought I was on top of it. Like every time I get done with a group, I'd fucking purell and just like get all over my hands, but. 
somehow I still got sick. There were some gross people who came <laughs> to see me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate everybody who came out for sure. But some of those people need to bathe more. And uh, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> it was <laughs> I, awful. I think I told this before. but then, So the, the Carolina Hurricanes at this point had just lost the Stanley Cup, right? So it's just kind of a big deal even to get there and not win. They won a few years later. But um, the captain of the team at the time was Ron Francis, who's this Hall of Famer, like, super guy. He had won a couple cups with the Penguins. And, and uh, I was getting my blade sharpened or something. And there's Ron Francis, like, buying equipment with his kids at the hockey store. And uh, I saw him, and I'm, like, speechless, starstruck. I'm not often starstruck, but this guy did it to me. And his wife is, like, laughing at me. And I'm like, that's Ron Francis. And his wife, like, spotted me spotting him and sort of got the whole deal and I'm like I should go up there and shake his hand I should totally go I should shake his hand I should do whatever but I was sick and I was like if I get Ron Francis sick I'll be letting the whole city down <laughs> like the city's depending on me to keep my cool right now and not go shake Ron Francis's hand so I just creepily stared at him nice. I'm that guy <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I would appreciate if people would do that to me maybe that's what they're doing when, when they just there's just a standoff and I can clearly see their eyeballing me from somewhere and they don't do anything it's always funny when like oh and my girlfriend got hit on by so many dudes it was hilarious this old guy this old guy like 65 years old gives her his card and uh he and he, he's like what do you say he said you just call that number if you ever want some meaningless sex <laughs> <laughs> and another guy like same thing older guy he, he was like i got a problem she's like well what's that He's like, I got a whole bunch of money, and I need somebody to come with me down to the riverboat help me spend it. I ain't got nobody to come. What you doing after a while? <laughs> it's just like, like she's getting hit on like that all day, all three days. It's hilarious. And she sold a shitload of T-shirts, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you got a lot of money, I got a lot of T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you need a couple hundred T-shirts, don't you? A box uh -huh. full. Now, did you come home with many T-shirts? Yeah, we sold. Uh, I don't know how many we sold. I, I, I so I would come in uh, twice a day and uh, sign autographs and take pictures with people. But mm -hmm. for the rest of the time, I, I hid at the hotel, and uh, and Kitty and the girlfriend kind of ran the the shirt selling uh, operation. So I don't really know. Uh, I, I spent two hours a day at the show and then like hurriedly got the fuck out uh, in between because it was usually. I don't know. It, 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 we had a line of people uh, at, at the booth that kind of went on for an hour to two hours sometimes. And once that line was gone, I wanted to get the fuck out of there before a new one could start. Yeah, it's <clears throat> I'm not a big celebrity. I'm not even as big a celebrity as you. But in certain venues, I am. Right. Like you know, if I'm in an MLG tournament or something, a lot of people there, you know, will recognize me, especially in MLG tournaments. I tend to wear clothing like with some sort of branding on it. And uh, and that like double confirms any suspicions. Like, is that Woody? Well, his shirt says <laughs> Woody's Gamer Tag right on it. So so probably <laughs> and and uh, it can be like you need a little place to retreat every so often. Like you feel like you're on stage constantly and it's a little draining and you're, you're, you're being nice. But every so often, you just want to like be alone, take your lemonade, and charge up the batteries. They said there was uh, there was one guy who uh, who came by and he wanted an autograph, and I wasn't there. And but there was already an autographed uh, like postcard there that was written to some guy named Dave, mm -hmm. and he was like, "Well, can I just have that one?" And she's like, "Well, 
that one's written to Dave. He's like, oh, I don't give a shit. I just want his autograph. And he took <laughs> that one. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, oh, I got to. I, I caught up with some people I hadn't seen in a few years who have a huge firearm collection. Uh, you remember the AN94 from a couple of Call of Duties ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the gun. Pretty, pretty rare gun. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there are any in the United States except for one. And I met an old gun guy that I, I knew from like four years ago. He owns a firearms magazine. And, uh, and I think I'm going to do some work with him because he's got a massive, massive collection. Uh, he's got one of those gyrojet pistols uh, that the CIA made for space. It shoots rocket bullets, you know, really? in case you've got to take out some cosmonaut agents or something. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's a fucking space gun. He's got the gun and the bullets. He's I got this if un- that gun could pierce a space station. They're not that tough. I don't know. I bet a regular gun could. Well, it wouldn't work, though. I didn't know that. That's why they had to make the gyrojet pistol for the vacuum of space. That's the whole point. This thing was made by the CIA in case they had to fight the Ruskies up in space. They got a handgun that works now. So, so when the gu- oh the gunpowder wouldn't burn. That's yeah. The- it's a it's a this thing's a jet bullet. Like every time you shoot, it's like a fucking gyro stabilized jet. Yeah, it must bullet. come with its own like oxygen source for it to burn, or it's compressed or something like that. Like it. it yeah, yeah, because I'm like, why wouldn't it burn? Ex- powder expands even in space, and it would push something forward, but it wouldn't burn. That's the issue. You can't just strike yeah. gunpowder in space, and that, that makes perfect sense. I um, I took my staff out to dinner uh, the other night, and I got recognized, and the guy asked uh, to take a selfie with me. And uh, it's not like I can't go out and not get recognized, but it was cool that it happened in front of my staff. I felt like, I like <laughs> <laughs> They're like his mom comes up, are you a famous gamer? I'm like, yeah, kind of. Like, you know, my son wants to take a picture with you, so I talked to him for a bit. Some, it, it was interesting to see the people who didn't know who I was, mm-hmm. but they saw the line, and they were curious. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this one lady, she was like, oh, well, I'll go get my kids. I'm sure they'd be interested. And her kids were not interested at all. <laughs> um, there, was a, there was a lot of situations like that. Where like, there was one, one guy comes up, and he doesn't know there's a, there's a line of people to see me, I guess. And he, uh-huh. he's just like, hey. Just wanted to say I really appreciate what you do, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Robbie, who's my contact at the show there, he's, he's standing right there. He goes, sir, I'm sorry, but there's a line of people here. You have to get behind the green line. And this guy was just incensed. He was just like, looked at the line of people. He was just like, fuck it. And just like walked away without saying another <laughs> word. Like didn't say shit. He was so angry. So it was a good show, though. I had a good time. Uh, I came away with a bunch of like... Uh, stuff that that other vendors gave me um a lot of incendiary ammo and tracer i think i found a new contact for that it's gonna be really good um and uh and this loading thing i these are three i think they're 280 dollars uh mm-hmm. this, this this bag loading thing so i'm just I vibing think, that you like this because sometimes people give you stuff and you're like this is just gun garbage there's so much gun garbage in the world but you're excited about this stuff um, well, this thing in particular, uh, like I've never seen one that works as well as this does. I really mm-hmm. do like it. Uh, it seems expensive, but he gave it to me, so that's cool. And I mean, this RPG thing—it's—it's you know—it's a cool little thing to throw on the wall. I've got a law as well, and uh, and all that other stuff's gonna be really fun for some pyrotechnic stuff I'm gonna be playing with. So uh, I really wanna. Uh, if I weren't here right now, I'd be testing out these flares over at my dad's place. I'm super. He really talked these up. He he was like, "There's only one distributor." I know the guy. You can't get these. He's like, when this goes off, this is legit. He's like, this is going to light 15 acres up like it's daylight. And it burns for like five minutes or something with this asbestos parachute. So 
I'm looking. Come really on over. I got some acreage. <laughs> right. We'll put it I would the be test. afraid to. Sh I would be afraid to shoot it like where in, in my own yard. I'd be afraid that you know the cops would show up. I think so. I'm gonna go over to my dad's place. Maybe tonight. It depends how I feel after mm -hmm. this. But yeah. So I enjoyed the show. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, this sh this stuff isn't particularly cool or anything. I'm just glad the show went well, and uh, uh, we're going to do another one uh, in a month or two in uh, in Chantilly, which is near DC, I think. Mm -hmm. So that's good. We'll continue this business relationship with these guys, uh, which is was very lucrative for me, and I think for them as well. So it's a good relationship. It's good. nice well. when you find a win-win like that, you know. And that's the that's the thing in business, right? When you find a win-win, you get to keep winning. You know, like, like, let's say hypothetically you managed to, like, screw him and get him in a contract that didn't work for him. Well, that'd be your last contract. Yeah. You know, but instead, like, things work well. Like, the, the paintball thing was a win-win, right? So now here we are coming back in July. Uh, you know, it, the fans liked it. We liked it. The paintball uh, course owner liked it. Total win. Now we're doing it twice. This guy here, it sounds like, he, you know, you had a really good weekend. He had a really good weekend. Do it again. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely so. And where everybody the, there was really nice. Where, will it be Harrisburg again? No, it'll be Chantilly, which oh, is you, near D.C. I didn't yeah. catch that Chantilly was a place. I see now. I didn't. I, I was vaguely aware that it was a place, but I didn't know where it was. I had to ask earlier tonight like where it was. So that's good. I'm glad they want to do another one. Um, near and this, the, I'm, like, the, I'm like four hours from D.C. Half of me is like, a, will Kyle let me skip the line? I hope Kyle lets me skip the line. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Totally so. This is, it's, I think it's in Virginia. I think it's in Virginia near D.C. I think that's the deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one's four times bigger than Har the Harrisburg show. It's, um, they told me how many thousands of people, maybe 16,000 people, hmm. something like that, uh, maybe 4,000 tables. So this would be a much better uh, situation to, to not just sell shirts, but I think at this one I'll... Uh, I'll, bring, I'll I'll find something else to sell. Like since they're giving me free booths at this, at, which are really valuable at the show, and they're giving me like good positioning in the show, like I might as well have something there that's for sale. Even if I just call one of my like firearms distributor buddies and get like you know a bunch of M4 stocks and a bunch of uppers and mm -hmm. random stuff that I can sell without doing any paperwork. You could, you could make those uppers that shoot soda cans and stuff. There's no mm -hmm. paperwork on that, is there? It's just an upper. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Shouldn't be. Because there's no paperwork on this 37-millimeter uh, grenade launcher. These will shoot just about anything. You know, I mean, you get this insert, you can shoot the 26.5-millimeter stuff, but it'll also shoot 37-millimeter um, know, stuff that you can make yourself. And uh, like, ba they're basically really big fireworks, bird bombs, stuff like that, hmm. flares. They're fun to play with. That does sound fun. Yeah, it, it, it guns uh, just recently i was getting bit by the gun bug again i was like i really need a new lever action one that feeds from the side you know why i need that me neither but well hey if you want one of these i've got an extra hmm that does look interesting oh i, I don't think i have a rail <laughs> on the bottom but i don't know yeah i don't either that's the worst part i don't think <laughs> i have, like i have to shoot it like a pistol like i just pull the trigger and shoot it huh which hmm. i'm not sure if that's entirely safe I count on you to know stuff like that. Right? <laughs> I, know, I, I know a story about a guy who loaded his own projectile up for these, because you can, mm -hmm. um, but common practice is to, put, is to be legal when you do that, because there are illegal ways to do that that I won't go into. But this guy did something illegal, and uh, he put something in there he shouldn't have, and when he went to shoot it, just as I'm doing right now, it blew his fucking left hand off. 
Mm. And uh, and and so like you got to kind of go into this sort of thing with that in mind that if you do if you were to do something really stupid you'll lose your hand. That's but, how I think about shotguns, right? Like like I think you have a vibe for what kind of shenanigans you can pull in a shotgun, but I'm not really vibing like that. Like I just I know you can put random shit in there. I can put kitchen utensils in a blender, mix that shit up, put it in a shotgun shell, and there it is. It's a shrapnel round, and. Uh, and, and that should be fairly safe, but there's other ways to not be safe, and I don't know where the limits are. You can shoot a lot of guns underwater, right? That's a thing. Right? Shoot Glocks underwater, shoot, I think, like a you know AR-15, for example, underwater, but I'm not sure. I've seen a lot of people shoot AK-47s underwater. Um, but you put a shotgun underwater, and all of a sudden the barrel blows out like a cartoon, like it folds open like a flower, right? Well, it's so thin, you know. It's it's a much thinner metal, uh, and I think it's 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 for low pressure. Uh, that's the deal. The thing, I don't know about the AR-15, and the AK. I, I haven't seen that. I and, have uh, seen the AK. I haven't okay. seen the AR-15, so I'm guessing. Well, I know the the main reason the shotgun is going to blow up is because the thin wall of the barrel. It just doesn't take as much pressure to do that to it. Um, and I would think that the, all the air that's trapped in the barrel that's being pushed against the water by the pressure behind it is just, you know, it's just too much for that thin wall. But I, I, de I definitely have personally shot my Glock underwater a bunch. Uh, and they're supposed to use like the Navy. Um, there's, like a, there's like a piece you're supposed to swap out for underwater use. But I, 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 mine works just fine without it. I, I, I've like I haven't been like scuba geared and like underwater <laughs> shooting and everything. But you know, you stick it down into a body of water and doof 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 doof, and uh, you get an, get an idea of how that works. Is it real quiet? Yeah, yeah, it is much hmm. much quieter than a gunshot and quieter than a suppressed gun as well. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah. would have guessed it was, but if you've got like a barrel of water. You can totally do it. Like not even a like a big like a trash can full of water. If you've got enough to like get your hand in there, and then of course point it in a safe direction. Damn, uh, maybe. You could, yeah, you could totally <laughs> do it. I feel like you could do it with your pistol. The M&P nine, I would guess. Yeah, and I, I bet a quick Google would would let you know. Like yeah. M&P underwater firing, you're either gonna see a guy losing a hand or like yeah, it works fine, and you'll know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I uh, I feel like I rock veteran knows a lot of that sort of rant like like you do like he's tried they've, some stuff they've uh some of their some of my favorite videos of theirs were or some of the older ones where that's what they're doing is like putting a 50 caliber bullet uh like a 50 bmg and a 12 gauge shotgun and just seeing if it'll work and you know just blowing sh blowing guns up blowing cheap pawn shop guns up they um they shot i don't know if it was recent but i watched it recently and they, they fired an ar-15 until it stopped working and uh, it took a lot, you know, they put a lot of rounds through it. And when it failed, it really did, you know, yeah. it was kind of neat. Is the one where they melted it and it caught on fire and everything? Uh, shucks, I remember it breaking, a, like it busted out the side or something like that. Mm. But I'm, I'm a little foggy on it. But yep, they definitely mm. shot it. And, and it wasn't a small thing to get it to fail. So they, I'm glad they did it. Yeah. I met a, I met one of these old guys that I meet at these things who's mm -hmm. just incredibly wealthy. Mm -hmm. His property used to be all right. So I'm gonna get the way I remember it. He's got like 400 acres or something, maybe more, um, in that Nantucket area. Like it, it used to be George Washington's place, but mm -hmm. now it's his. And like on one side is the Atlantic Ocean, and I think on the other is the Potomac River. And he's mm -hmm. got a 2,000-yard shooting range on this property. He has a manor house, which I'd never 
heard the term manor house, but but he showed me his manor house and this big. He had this big book of like pictures he was showing me, huh. uh, and he and he had four and a half million dollars worth of machine guns with him right then and there. Really? So yeah, he had a massive collection of World War One and two, and uh, and Did then you find scattered. Out how he earned his money? Because I find that super interesting. You know, I should have asked, but I was just fascinated by the collection, and mm. and he had a new like upstart company that did like a simunitions. Uh, thing where basically it's real guns. Uh, you swap out the bolt in your Glock or in your uh, AR-15, and it's bullets that look just like uh, you know these bullets, except um, you know it shoots a it shoots a little paint cartridge or something. It's a little, it's not a bullet. And it's less than lethal. It goes 375 feet per second. And I was shooting them in the show at at, at like paper targets, and they were fairly accurate. And I was like, I want some of these. We could fight with these in the woods. And he's like, No, no, no. That's not what they're for. <laughs> like, and immediately shot that idea down. But I, I'm it's, hoping that I'm always amazed at how people make money. I met a guy. He bought paintings, right? Paintings like with nice frames. And, no, he bought paintings, and then he put them in nice frames. He'd get the painting for like six dollars. And the frame for like, I don't know, upper 20s. And then he'd sell them for like seven and $900. And he's like, yeah, thing about paintings is they're worth whatever you charge. And like there'd just be some poor, like I picture a Czechoslovakian slave labor. I think that country's gone now and I'm embarrassing myself. But um, whatever, Serbo-Croatian guy it, trying to... Czech Republic. Czech Republic, thank you. You know, like just you know, some like uh, Eastern European guy painting selling it for a few dollars and then he puts it in a frame marks it up by almost a thousand and people buying it are happy to pay it like it, it just the market was outrageous but i'm like wow like that's a that's a thing you can do like a, no one ever told me that in high school that there was an import export painting career out there or that you know met a guy in a disney ship he's like the king of uh, water filtration in west virginia no one told me I could get into water filtration. Like, it's, there, there are jobs out there, so many different ones that, that uh, I find it fascinating. And when I hear about a guy who's got a manor and all the land between the Potomac and the Atlantic, and I don't even know how much that is, but it seems like it's something that you'd want. It was a big chunk of land. It was, yeah. It looked very nice. He had, he had all this crazy shit, too. They, like, trained special forces, but they also brought underprivileged kids to do adventures. He had rappelling and zip lining and all kinds of crazy like, shit. How'd you do that? How'd you get where you are? You know? And, and it, usually they're not repeatable things. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I did this. I invented thing. electricity! <laughs> he was that fucking old. He was so old. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I find it really fascinating, you know, people who, who found a business and did a thing. Pretty I always cool. like that stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, one of the other guys, um, part of how he he got really wealthy and how he built his like uh, collection was he would go over to those Eastern Bloc countries uh, with a cargo plane and a couple hundred thousand dollars, and he'd find Russian generals and stuff like that to deal with, and he'd buy crazy shit and bring it home. Dude, that sounds. I'm sorry, I touched my mic, but that sounds like awesome. They, they, that's. That guy is living an adventure and making bucks. Like, really? Yeah. You go to Zimbabwe and buy AK-47s off, like, warlords? It was more like he'd fly into Czechoslovakia and buy, like, 100,000 tons of ammunition or something like crazy like that. Like, cargo planes full of rare ammo or, like, uh, you know, gun, gun parts uh, or pieces of tanks and all kinds of crazy sh shit. He had just a ridiculous collection. He still does. 
I wonder what the hard part of that business is because it sounds easy. It sounds I, like you buy ammo, post it on Gunbroker or um, cheap ammo, or there's like places for like people to people sales, and you can move it. I, I this this was this wasn't even like the kind of ammo that you'd have an easy time selling. It was big stuff. It was like uh, hmm. it was anti tank stuff and uh, lots of crazy lots of crazy shit. What was um, he selling oh, to? Um, some friends of his. Yeah, I just wonder, are these people actively engaged in a war right now? Are they like Mexican they're drug rich cartels? Guys. So there's, there's this small okay. group of rich guys who like big guns. And some of them are into artillery and some of them are into tanks. Like that guy out in Texas just bought, just bought a leopard tank. He just has bought one um, with a gun on it that fires, I think. And uh, so there's guys that like that stuff. But there's also guys, like I know a guy who who over the last three or four years, his goal has been to, to, get, to get a Vulcan machine gun put together, his own private one. And the Vulcan is, uh, it's the gun that is on the ATM Warhog. Uh, I think it's like a 30 millimeter, is it 30 or 20? It's one or the other, I can't recall right at the moment. But it's a massive minigun. Uh, he, he, he was buying tractor trailer loads of components just to load the ammo. Leopard just, tanks are cool. I just Googled one and stuck it on for the video, guys. Thank you, Patreons. <laughs> And that's that's like I didn't know if I was gonna find some like World War II era tank, but no, this thing is like it looks like a modern tank. I don't know my tanks that well, but I saw a picture of it on Facebook the other day. He bought it. Um, I think it was like half a million dollars, six hundred grand, something like that. You have to be really wealthy to do like a six hundred thousand dollars sort of hobby purchase. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I think he's planning on <clears throat> making it kind of part of the adventure of that uh, that that ranch. That yeah, come out and shoot a kudu and uh, and a rhinoceros, and you can ride a leopard tank and smash some cars too if you want. Like I think they're uh, I think it's part of that. Plus he wants a fucking leopard tank. <laughs> yeah, well I'm not one to tell this guy how to run his business. I mean, knock yourself out. It, it seems like he knows what he's doing, and he's buying an artillery piece from what I understand as well. And he's already got the Sherman. That's super cool. You got howitzer. Oh, I want to, and I, I promise you, I know this guy well enough to know that he's going to shoot wild hogs with that howitzer. <laughs> Help me. I've heard of a howitzer. It's I like a 120 millimeter one. gun, I think. It's a massive Holy. artillery piece that's meant to shoot tens of miles away and blow shit up. It, it would, would it be something that's on like a trailer behind a Jeep? I don't know if you could haul it behind a Jeep. Uh, bigger still. This hey, is something, me... how would you move it? Howitzer. I think maybe you can haul like I can't say Jeep. Um, Humvee maybe could move one of these things around. As I'm looking at it, here's one the train is pushing around. I, I, mic check, Kyle. Three. Okay. Mic check again, please. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're back. All right. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I think a Jeep might be too small for this, but maybe a Humvee. I don't so, know. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting him one of those. Uh, just building the collection up, I guess. Hopefully, I get to go back out there and play with some of that shit. Uh, that sounds cool. Go call the show there? Yeah, let's do that. All right, so that was PKN episode 45, getting on one-year mark. 
So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and have a good day.